It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. I'd love to see 18 games when Randy Ambrosi came out and said we're, we're still moving ahead with the 18-game schedule. At one point, I think all true CFL fans were excited by that possibility. Realistically, we know that there are going to be some impediments to starting on that June 10th, and we need to discuss, is it possible? You're listening live to Third Down Gamble's Quick Kicks. Hi, everybody. Don Charbon with Pat Mooney and Heath Graham. Before we get into this podcast, I want to direct you to the Three Down Nation podcast. It's number six. Justin Dunk discusses the CFL-XFL announcement with Randy Ambrosi. It's a great prerequisite for what we're going to talk about. March 10th, the Montreal Alouettes post on their webpage, that there are discussions between the CFL and the XFL. That story is taken down and then put back up sometime later. That's the first we learn that the CFL and the XFL are in discussion. And here we are three days later and still not a lot of information. There's been a lot of speculation and conjecture and pontification over the last few days, but really nothing concrete as of yet. A lot of discussion still to be had, and it sounds like everything is on the table. If you listen to that podcast to which I referred, you are going to hear the commissioner dance around every question with respect to what this is about, where are we going, what are you offering. He refuses to acknowledge anything. And if you wanted certainty, you certainly did not get that from that commentary. So why does Ambrosi not want to reveal anything at this point? I I guess I would argue that Ambrosi has now made it clear that they have been talking. As much as he says this is the beginning to talk that we're going to talk about talking, (laughs) I think everybody knows that you don't have a, a joint announcement by all parties involved without having previous talk. The CFLPA was informed of this, as were, I'm sure, the governors, and it's not something that they haven't been doing I think he's not bringing anything forward because he's scared potentially of what that may mean or how fans may react and I think that's driving up even more speculation about what's going on Uh, certainly no clear understanding of where these talks have been so far or where they're planning to go there's certainly been a lot of buzz from players from different uh city's media from fans everybody really wants to hear something concrete right now and the league is not ready to announce anything of that nature yet Um, so obviously they're still in negotiation we don't know where they stand and uh, we all know the 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 famous face of it of, of Dwayne Johnson but there's a lot of smart people and a lot of smart money in this iteration of the XFL and they seem eager to get something going with the CFL, which is already an established league, has a lengthy history, and uh, they, they want to tap into that resource to make themselves successful as well. The interesting thing to me about this is that it almost seemed like the story that came from the Alouettes maybe outed the discussion, and that Ambrosi then felt, I've got to do something about this, I've got to say something and get out in front of it. And by doing what he did in terms of what he said, he actually created another issue because he wouldn't say anything. 
So getting out in front of the narrative and trying to control the narrative was not anything that was accomplished with the discussions with TSN, Sportsnet, Three Down Nation, and other media sources. It just became this sort of circular referencing that we're talking about talking. That's a very good point, Don. You're right. I think it would be interesting to kind of know what's going on behind the doors between the Alouettes and the CFL as a whole. Did somebody slip up and and, uh, say something well before they should have? You know, or did somebody hear a rumor and throw it out there and then the league had to had to confirm that information or was somebody saying people need to know I'm taking it upon myself to get that information out there. So at least there's some transparency in this whole process. I think fellows that we would be naive to think that, that in return to play, the CFL hasn't been taking a look at putting everything on the table in regards to increasing revenues. We know that the league has been losing money, even when it is operating Uh, 20 to 30 million dollars a year is a number that's been thrown out and on top of that we know that last year there was an additional 40 to 60 million in losses when they didn't play so a lot of people are certainly speculating that this is about money and, and I think that certainly is where it's going. This is one area where they're going to need to explore but I, I would hope that there's others on the table. I'm guessing that some of those haven't been outed as well. We've spoken previously a number of times about gambling revenue But in this case, I think this is the impetus behind these discussions. I think financial security is clearly the issue. You don't enter into a discussion with a league that isn't even playing unless you feel that there's some viability here that doesn't exist with your current situation. Yeah, and the XFL isn't planning on playing at all this year. They're looking at a 2022 launch, which means it's very possible that the CFL is having these discussions to ensure they've got financial stability to get a 2021 season on the field and go from there. Um, it looks like there's a lot of money backing the XFL right now. The The three kind of partners, all, all I'm sure are well off and they've got some capital partners behind them as well. So it could be a real, it could be a real infusion of money into the CFL to make sure that we've got a product on the field this year. And, uh, and that's why they're so open to anything being on the table. Do you really think that it's about playing in 2021 or is it about working out some sort of agreement so they play in 2022? Because right now, given the COVID situation, given the variants that are coming from England that are a little bit more virile, we don't know as yet as to whether or not there'll be fans in the stands, games to be played in 2021. Training camp is, what, two months away? It's not a long porch that they have left in front of them to get this going. And I really do believe that the CFL is possibly looking at not playing in 2021, which again is going to be a massive hit given the number of players they've been signing recently. Or if they are, maybe as you suggest, an infusion of capital will help them. The question in my mind is, why aren't you talking to the federal government If you want to play in 2021, I don't understand how a negotiation with the XFL is solving anything more than what a discussion with the provincial and the federal government would. I would venture that they have been in in contact with the governments at various levels. I know that they've talked, and we spoke to this last time, about some of the um, health and safety plans, and they're working through with local provincial governments on those. Uh, I would assume that there has to be some conversations that have gone on and will continue to go on 
We know that TSN as a partner has come to the table with the between $235 million, $240 million over five years. So um, the one that, that I guess I still find interesting is that the CFL did not go to the government when the bill about gambling came forward. They opted to, to not have a conversation with government at that point. And, and to me, that would have been a significant potential source of revenue. So, I mean, now now they're on it behind, I would assume, having some conversation, but they didn't initially. So if you're the CFL, and let's let's pretend for sake of argument that somebody from the XFL left a voice message saying, we want to talk. When you sit in your chair and you look out at the horizon, what are you thinking you want to get out of this to start? Other than money, what else does it that this group provides? Marketing solid business partners it's a an opportunity to grow the brand now if it still remains the cfl or if it's some sort of cfl xfl we don't know what that brand exactly is but i think you've got some real big experience behind successful marketing and it's a potential to really really grow the cfl's image in north america bob young spoke to it and alluded to it when he was interviewed saying that Companies need to take a look at, at globalization in order to continue to be successful with what they're doing. In this case, we know Randy Ambrosi with CFL 2.0 has been moving forward with that idea. I think this takes them into a market with more people, which has the potential to increase revenues. We can certainly talk later about some of the drawbacks of that, but if you do get to a larger audience, it, it provides a, a, a more revenue opportunities, more television, more exposure. Uh, and I do agree with what you said, Heath. I think certainly the partners, uh, they have a history of strong marketing. When you look at Jeffrey Pollock and, and uh, being a former NBA VP of communications, he understands marketing and he brings that to the table. Dwayne Johnson is not just an actor. He's a, he's a businessman who's had many successful ventures. And he also has the connection to social media, which is that next generation. And when leagues are trying to take their median age down in terms of their viewership, Dwayne Johnson, I think, can provide that because he is one who goes across many generations. And I think that's something that happens in all leagues. They're trying to bring that next generation of viewers and, and participants into the league, which is going to help that league continue to be successful and grow their brand. The CFL also has a small following in the U.S. as it stands now. Um, I was reading an article that said that average CFL broadcast game in the U.S. gets about 170,000 views. And that accounts for almost 20% of total eyes on CFL games on television. So if you've got somebody, like you said, with that social media presence, with that marketing and communications that can grow that, there's already some, some seedlings in the ground in the U.S. and they can expand on that. It's, I think it's a, a potential success story for the league. One of the things I would go back to when we talk about some of the potential uh, downfalls is is we know that the CFL is is uh, founded on having a certain number of Canadians on the field. And we know in the past experiments with the CFL moving into the United States that the U.S. is not allowing international players in that case to be part of their roster. They, they protect their American players. So, I mean, if there's any move towards a merger of leagues, we as Canadian football fans know that that uniqueness of Canadian players is what makes our league 
fun to watch. We've got the guys who grew up in our home provinces or who grew up across Canada that we can relate to, that uh, football players aspire to become those individuals when they get an opportunity. And, and I'm concerned that if everything's on the table as we believe it may be, that that, that opportunity to continue with Canadian content in the league is potentially at risk. That That's a concern for me. Just as a quick history lesson, in 1993, the CFL expanded into the States. The Sacramento Gold Miners played as the only American team in the CFL for that year. By 1995, they'd expanded even further, but by 1996, it was over. And at the end of 96, the CFL was at a real crisis because Ottawa was pretty much done and would be done. And although Montreal had come back, the CFL really had to take a decision as to what it was going to do. And there was a very famous meeting in December of that year where the governors got together and had with John Tory and decided we either go or we don't go because we've had, we can't keep doing this anymore. And they decided to go. And that's when they talked to the NFL about a partnership with the NFL that helped them get through the lean years. Mark Cohan comes along, the CFL starts to grow attendance and popularity hits its zenith. He's built it that much. And since then, it's down, but television ratings are still good. Grey Cup numbers are great. There's still a market for the Canadian game in in Canada. Better attendance would be nice. But the league still hasn't found that, what's the best way to describe it, found that way of smoothing over the hard times. It tends to be a little bit too much of a sine wave. And that, that is, as you state, Don, very historical in the CFL. We've gone through that with individual franchises, and we've gone through that with the CFL as a league organization. Everything that's going on right now leads us to that belief that uh, the CFL is in financial straits right now, and, and this is one opportunity for them to potentially alleviate some of the pressure. I'm not sure that, in my opinion, aligning yourself with a, a league that was bankrupt and was purchased out of bankruptcy and, and still has yet to complete a season uh, is the way to align. However, going back to Heath's point, the individuals that are aligned or have purchased the XFL at this point, I believe are strong business people with a lot of savvy and, and there is potential for the CFL to gain some, you know, particular in the area of marketing and exposure, some some knowledge that they don't have right now. Yeah, the XFL brand, as it were, is kind of a tricky one. You're right, Pat. It's a name that has had two attempts at a go, uh, both of which have been unsuccessful. The ownership under Vince McMahon, I think, was a very different structure than it potentially is going to be under this new ownership group. I think Vince very much had his ego get in the way of things. He was part of the reason why he even started the XFL was he made an attempt to buy the Toronto Argos, or there was an opportunity to buy the Argos. It did not work out, and so then he tried to buy the entire CFL in 1999. His plan for that was to eventually migrate it south to become uh, a, a U.S. football league. He was shunned by the CFL ownership group and the Board of Governors. They said no. His bruised ego caused him to start up his own league, and he lost a lot of money doing that. He refused to see himself as a failure, which I think is why he relaunched the second time around. 
Um, unfortunately for him, the pandemic hit, so you can't completely blame him for, for XFL 2.0's failings. However, the the new ownership group bought it for a bargain basement price of $15 million to buy the entire league. And I think they're starting really from ground zero again to build something new. It would almost be in their best interest, I think, to, to drop the XFL name and come up with something different. CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Do your part. Be a team player. What does this group want from the Canadian Football League? They're, they're great people. They're smart people. What is it that they come to the door saying, this is what we want from you? It's a great question, Don, and, and uh, I think that's one that people are speculating on. But if, if we were to play off of what Heath was talking about, the XFL and before that the USFL and, and other leagues have, have not been successful trying to go up against the NFL juggernaut playing four-down football. Is it possible that the XFL is taking a look at trying to come up with an alternate brand of football, which it has previously? I mean, the rule changes they, they've adopted and put in in some of those have been, in some cases, well-received. In other cases, people and traditionalists look at it and go, that's crazy. Why are they doing that? Here you've got a league that has well over 100 years of history and has been successful with the format that we have of three-down football. So it's possible that the XFL may take a look at bringing some of the ideas of CFL football and the history and traditions into some of their rules, the way they are organized and the way that they play. That's only a possibility. I'm not saying that will happen because we also can look at the other side and United States football have always played four downs and, and people may struggle to truly get behind a league that, that doesn't do what they traditionally see and understand as football. Well, we do have the experience of Baltimore in the previous experiment where the Stallions actually drew very well. Now, partly it was a protest against the fact that the Colts had just left and they were trying to entice uh, an NFL team to Baltimore. But it was also part that the game itself, the team played well, the, the audience was enjoying itself, and so they were there. The XFL, if it's going, it has to have two things working for it to survive against the NFL. One, they can't play on the same dates. Two, you have to be a different game. You have to attract a different audience, or maybe the same audience, but for a different reason. Three down would be a viable way to go. In the United States, four downs, a cloud of dust, and 11 players. That's all they've known for 90, 100 years. One interesting thing I read yesterday was somebody said, what about four down football on a CFL size field? You want offense? You're going to get offense that way. Uh, part of the problem to that, though, uh, Dave Naylor alluded to, that a lot of the American football stadiums cannot accommodate a full-size CFL field. So there's got to be some give and take if, if you're going to look at the CFL dimensions. Uh, a lot of them especially don't have room for the 20-yard end zones. They can probably get the width of a CFL field in with less room on the sidelines for the players, but it's that... 110-yard field, it's the, the big end zones that are going to be the biggest challenge. So, again, it's uh, you're right, Don, four down is what they know. 
can we do it in some sort of a hybrid field format that will increase offense and maybe get more eyes on it? Um, a 12-man game on a shorter nfl size field would be really tough, um, I think, to sell. But it's, a, it's an opportunity to look at some of those rules, make it a little bit different than the NFL, and, and provide something new for football fans. I think another aspect of CFL football that I think would play well in the United States is the speed of the game. You know, with our clock and, and the um, things that we do in the last few minutes of, of the second and fourth quarter, I think some of those things people are ready for. When you see some of the college teams like Oregon who are moving to a hurry-up offense, pushing things through, it's an exciting game. People are, are getting on side and trying to watch that. The CFL does that naturally with some of the rules, and I think that has the ability to um, be a little more exciting of a game. Like if I'm watching a game in person, the CFL, you know, we still have timeouts, we still have television things, and, and I find that slow, to be honest, but it's much quicker than the NFL game. If you were watching the NFL in person, that game, I think, kind of becomes very drawn out, and at times, honestly, it, it, it's boring, and, and you're not seeing as much action on the field during the time. I, I don't know what the number of plays are comparing the two leagues, but I would venture that the CFL can get many more plays in than the NFL, and that, that to me, makes the game more exciting. The NFL has a 40-second clock. The CFL has a 20-second clock, but technically it's probably closer to 32 seconds by the time they whistle play in to get the time clock started. Even that eight seconds difference gives you more plays per game. The other thing that's so significant in the Canadian game is the kicking game as well. It's vastly different in terms of its interpretations. The NFL... You can leave the ball roll on the ground and <laughs> nothing happens. And they've been so jaded against kickoffs that 90% of kickoffs go through the end zone. So nothing happens to start the game. In my mind, you can't enter a negotiation with another league unless you're willing to give something up. And what is it you are willing to give? Is it the three downs, size of field, where the goalposts are, the rouge, the Canadian quota, the ownership aspect of it? Maybe there are no more community-owned teams. Maybe it's a central office that owns the whole thing. Like, what happens? Those are great questions, and I think that's where many Canadian football fans have the idea that we should be drawing some lines in the sand about what are we willing to give up and what are we going to keep? And, and CFL football, to me, yeah, I spoke to it earlier, but, but having the ability to have local players in the league is certainly something that I would not be willing to give up. The other thing that, that I guess I've become accustomed to in Canada is the three-down game. However, that being said, we know out in B.C., most of British Columbia plays a four-down game even now. Simon Fraser University... UBC of, plays the three-down game. It's not that we couldn't go to four downs, but I think that would take the uniqueness of the game away. Uh, so for me, those are a couple lines in the sand that I would not want to see given up. One thing that gives me hope is the fact that Dwayne Johnson is familiar with the CFL. Famously, he was on the Calgary Stampeders practice roster. Uh, he formed a, a bond with Wally Buono that exists to this day because of his short stint in the CFL. So I guess I'm cautiously optimistic in that he understands the tradition of the CFL. He's lived it a little bit. Uh, granted, he, I think he was staying in an apartment with two or three other practice roster guys. He's even said in his statement that his loyalty will always lie with the players and the fans. I think he's coming into this knowing what the CFL is, what it's about, 
And my hope is that he's not going to try to completely turn the league on its head and alienate all those fans that have these nostalgic feelings and have lived the tradition for however many years they've been a fan of the CFL. The XFL ownership group is looking at the CFL and saying there's a lot of cachet with the name, the traditions. What else do you want from them? You know that the, the league has lost money during the pandemic. You don't necessarily are entering a, um, a conversation to bail them out. It's got to be a give and take, and I'm still not sure what this group wants. If we go back to the focus that, that came out when they first started talking about it was that, that uh, this is going to be um, the opportunity, and I, I'm just going to get the quote here, we look forward to the possibilities our discussions might uncover and to sharing those with fans as the process unfolds was certainly something that was said by Randy Ambrosi, but they're talking about collaborating, innovating, and growing the game of football. And one of the things that came to mind for me is if we're not talking about a full merger, is there a way that they can align so that the coaching and the players have opportunities between the two leagues um, to both build each other, grow from each other, learn from one another? And I think having two leagues together to do that may give them more viability even in, in areas like refereeing, where you're working with people who maybe work through both leagues and have opportunity to build themselves up as referees as well. Again, assuming we're not going to a full merger. Those are some things that I think could be beneficial to. If you're looking at recognition and tradition, that may be something that the XFL group can draw from. And they've got a strong marketing background. Do they look at some of the very successful, recognizable names in the U.S. that have played in the CFL? You know, you're going to have a, a tradition going from Joe Theismann through Warren Moon, through Doug Flutie, through Jeff Garcia. The list goes on and on. And if you've got uh, a smart group of people that can say, hey, we've partnered with this league. Look at who has come through that league and been successful. We've got Hall of Famers. We've got Pro Bowlers. We've got Super Bowl champions. Well, they might not say Super Bowl champions if they're in a, in a competing, competing league. But you, you get what I'm saying is that there's, there's a draw there from a marketing standpoint to say this is a league that's been around for a long time, has a very strong tradition, and these are some of the greats. The XFL has to know that the competition down there is the NFL, and it's like dancing around an elephant. You've got to be so careful where you step because wherever it moves, it will crush you if you're in the way. It's a huge ask. And I don't know in my mind where this all plays out. If, if the CFL and the XFL want to, um, want to get into an alignment of marketing and joint operations and stuff like that, it may be in their both best interests, but can you keep the, the games, the championships separate so that the XFL plays within its corridor, the CFL plays within its corridor, and even though they're a, an entity, ne'er the two shall meet. I'm hopefully optimistic that yes, you can, because I, I, like you, Don, I don't want to see a full merger, and I don't want to see the CFL move to four downs, those things that are really important to me. Uh, I would not want to see change. Having said that, we know that that could potentially be on the table. I think if there is an exploration of keeping them two separate entities and finding out efficiencies, innovations, ways they can collaborate, be that, as I said before, referees, be it player development, training techniques, different things for coaches. I, I think that's an excellent opportunity to collaborate and innovate without 
joining the two leagues together. And uh, I think that's fantastic. The leagues also do have the experience with um, Jeffrey Pollock of how do we market a league? He was involved in the NBA. He may be able to help the CFL because we don't have that strong central overseer like the NFL has or the XFL in, in, it, in this current iteration of, of one ownership group that has all, the, all of them. I think those are things that, again, could benefit both leagues um, if the give and take comes back the other side too because we you've asked the question and we've had some discussion. What's in it for both leagues? Because there has to be that give and take where both leagues are getting something from the ability to connect together. I don't think it's a done deal right now. I'm hopeful that it, there's there's opportunity for the CFL and the XFL to operate differently and have different leagues that share a number of things between them in order to move the game forward. I think you've laid out the best case scenario. Ideally, it would be great to see the CFL continue and actually grow and and succeed. And if this ownership group of the XFL can get something going that works in conjunction but does not take over the CFL, um, I think is, is kind of the dream right now. And fingers crossed that's what we end up getting. It's, it's almost akin, though I know it's not the same, the, the history of the American Baseball League and the National Baseball League. They, they were independent for a long, long time, and then they decided to play a World Series, and now they've had this back and forth since the DH as to whose park you get to play with the DH. But get rid of the DH and you wouldn't have a problem. This is almost what's happening right now with the XFL and the CFL. You've got two leagues that are looking to figure out how they can work together. The fear is, of course, that one is going to take the other over, and that's going to be that. What we knew is the CFL is going to be gone. The positive is is that maybe there's a joint venture interest in all of this and that each remains its separate entity. If there's any one thing that I would love to see coming from these discussions, let's start the CFL season way earlier. Let's, let's get game going at the end of April and have training camp through April and let's start finishing this league at a, in warmer weather and get away from this minus 30 crap that we've had to deal with for years. That would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to get there. It always comes back to the warm weather games. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things that I think the XFL and the... Alliance Football League and the all these other ones that have made a go of it in the States is they try to pick up immediately after the Super Bowl and the NFL season wraps up. That is not going to work in the Canadian climate. You can't start playing football here in February and March. However, look outside, look yeah. outside my window right now and there is at least two feet of snow and it is well below zero. I've been in colder games than the weather is showing so today. So have I. But, um, <laughs> But it wasn't fun. <laughs> but I think, I think you're right. If the XFL isn't dead set on starting and picking up that gap as soon as the NFL season ends, then they could potentially run seasons simultaneously. And you might look at having some sort of, I don't know if you would do like an, an all-star situation or a champion versus champion game um, to, to see, to, to kind of grow the two brands together. You know, and, and if they look at doing that, do we shorten? Does the CFL season end up shortening a little bit 
as well, just so you're not getting that overlap with the NFL. You know, that, that might be a situation even if you go to 16 games as opposed to 18 and your earlier start, you're not going to have any overlap. That might be a, a way to really differentiate yourselves. And I think the what has done some of the American new leagues in is that they're not giving anybody any downtime. I think the Super Bowl is such uh, a spectacle, if you will, and a, a special event. And then the next week, the expectation is all these fans that are just getting over that fantastic NFL season, all the stuff that happened, and Tom Brady winning an eighth Super Bowl or a ninth or a tenth or however many he's going to get. They're not going to want to just tune into some other league that they don't even fully understand starting the next week. You've got to have a little bit of downtime. And if they time it right, I think a successful football league can really build into the NFL season as opposed to trying to pick up as soon as it ends. You need injection of capital to keep any entity going. doesn't matter who you describe in this context. Gambling seems to be the wave of the future. And it takes us right back to where we started. I mean, this, this, we all feel that this decision was about financial situation of the CFL, and certainly the XFL didn't finish their league and was in bankruptcy. So for them, that's also the issue on the table. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this takes us because discussions are not done. We know that they've been ongoing for some time, I think despite what Randy Ambrosi says, but... I think uh, if the CFL is, as Randy Ambrosi has previously stated, still taking a look at the 2021 season and trying to start up in this season, that gives some time for both leagues to continue to have discussions. And, and when the XFL starts up with a 2022 timeline, then then we'll see how those discussions come to fruition at that time. Well, in the next eight weeks, something has to be accomplished to get the 2021 season underway because the CFL is facing that deadline and it is coming soon. Regardless of the XFL discussions, if you don't believe that those are needed to get 2021 going, you better put some focus on getting this season underway because there are a lot of players that are signed expecting paychecks, a lot of fans that are expecting football. You better not disappoint. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. <laughs>